Backfield boys, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Backfield Boys. This is episode five. This is yours truly, B. And as always, I am joined by Lucas Kochevar and Jackson Kelly. How's it going, fellas? Going on? Good, dude. I like the emphasis you put on my name, man. (laughs) I had to, man. Dude, I literally flexed. (laughs) Jackson. Yo. There was some really scary news if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan this past weekend. Yeah, right, dude. Zayvon Collins. (laughs) Zayvon Collins being arrested. (laughs) How is that scary for the NFL? That's scary for you because your defense can get a lot worse if if something happens to him. Oh, man. You're overthinking this, bro. (laughs) He got arrested for reckless driving. All right. He's going 76 and a 35. We've all done it. You know, you know. Okay. Uh, you know, someone who doesn't Fair. care about, uh, you know, a citizen on the road definitely isn't going to care about his opponent on the field. So I love it. Okay. Yeah. I can see <laughs> he that. He came in, he told Steve Kahn, he said, we're going to kill him. We're going to kill people. <laughs> and so he told him on the phone call. And I like a man that's, you know, I like a person. Uh, whoa, why not? I like a guy who's a man of his word. You know what I'm <laughs> okay. saying? Okay. Now, the mugshot. He looks a little intoxicated. It was a rough one. I don't know if he was because there was no report of him being intoxicated. But if anyone looked intoxicated, it was that man right there. <laughs> but, no, you're not wrong about that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he don't get a charge, I guess it don't really matter. So as long as it's not Michael Floyd 2.0, we'll be fine. <laughs> okay, but you're feeling pretty confident that Collins is going to have a really good rookie year. Did you like the pick? What did you think about it? Well, initially, I was pissed, if I'm being honest with you. But <laughs> I've grown up. See, uh, there's been a lot. Of, I rarely am happy with an Arizona first-round pick. There's only been twice I've been happy with one. And so this one was no different. I wanted a cornerback. We didn't get one. We're going to get one very soon, though. I have some inside reports. Oh, for real? Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, dude. Stefan Gilmore's a card. Without any ridiculous. <laughs> when it happens remember this episode and so but i think zayman i looked at his film i honestly never heard of the dude before i'm not gonna lie so i was kind of pissed but um i think he'll be you know in the running for a defensive rookie of the year in other words we'll get to that later but i think that i like the pick and i think with isaiah starting as well we have a young core right there that may start off a little shaky, but as time goes on, I mean, you're looking at the best defensive duo in the NFL. The best defensive duo in the NFL? As time goes on, dude. <laughs> Man, I don't know about that That's one. a bold we've one. Seen, we've seen so many good defenses in the NFL, and the Cardinals aren't really a team that, like, pops in my head when I think, man, who has, like, I didn't say it was going to be this year, but as time goes on, oh, yeah, dude. Okay. It's faith. I can it's see some that. Faith. I'm saying we have two top 15 picks or top 16 picks. Mm. You know, man, like, you know, <laughs> you know, like it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad, man. But speaking of rookies, so for this episode, we're going to take you through our top five rookie quarterbacks going into next year, our offensive rookie of the year predictions and our defensive rookie of the year predictions. So, Jackson, I want you to start us off with your top five rookie quarterbacks going into next year in order from worst to best. 
and how you think they're going to perform. So you want me to start at five and go all the way to one? Yes, absolutely. All right, here we go. Number five. This is the bust of the draft. Okay. Dude's proved absolutely nothing in college. Zach Wilson. Now, Dang. I, don't think, okay. I don't think Zach is very good, first of all. Secondly, I don't like his situation. Now, I did. I do love the Robert Sala hiring. Yeah. But, I mean, he's not an offensive mind at all. So, he's not going to help Zach in that department at all. I like the team. I just don't know why you draft Zach Wilson. He didn't prove anything to me in college at all. Um, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, nearly 200 quarterback rating, uh, 3,600 yards, a 73% completion percentage, um, carried a BYU squad full of non-NFL players and pretty much nobodies. So, I mean, when you look at what he did last season statistically, I don't really see how you can say he didn't prove anything because he had BYU as a top 25 team when really BYU for the last – you know, 10, 20 years, been nothing more than a Mormon school. I mean, they're not really making any noise outside the NCAA tournament in basketball. So I think when you look at Zach Wilson, you have to take into account, yes, he wasn't going against the best competition, but his own team was a bunch of scrubs, and he elevated their play and was looking like Aaron Rodgers out there at times. So I can see where you're coming from, saying he might be the bust of the top five. However, I feel like he did a lot with what he had in BYU. That's Mm. interesting you say that because (laughs) – there's another quarterback just like that in the same situation. His name was Ryan Leaf, dude. They made the same argument for why he would be better than Peyton Manning. He didn't have the good players. He, you know, he didn't play. Dude, he played in what? The Mountain West? Is that what BYU's in? Yes. Yes. Give me a break, dude. Okay, but when we look at Ryan Leaf. Ryan 33 Leaf. touchdowns. And Ryan Leaf had size, bro. But, dude, Ryan Leaf had a 55% completion percentage at Washington State. 34 touchdowns in his junior year, 11 picks. That's pretty good. But he wasn't that great. He was a gunslinger, you know? I feel yeah. like when we look at Zach Wilson, although he is a gunslinger, he was a lot more efficient and a lot more accurate. I mean, Ryan Leaf just had a cannon of an arm, but he never had accuracy. He never had the best decision-making skills like Zach Wilson does. So I can kind of see where you're coming from with that comparison, but I also think you have to take into consideration their minds and their football IQ rather than just the physical tools that both of them brought to the draft. Because I feel like Ryan Leaf was a project when he came in. You know, a lot of people wanted him. like Kind of like Josh Allen was coming in, like this guy – just has amazing physical tools. And, you know, obviously Josh Allen ended up getting the mental aspect right, panning out. And Ryan Leaf had a lot of issues on and off the field. So I can see that comparison. But the only thing I would say is, like, man, you got to look at completion percentage and decision-making because that's what Ryan Leaf, you know, that's really what he struggled with. That's great. I'm just saying he played in the the Mountain West. I mean, yeah, he had – Pretty good numbers, but 33 touchdowns is nothing to, you know, get hype about. In 12 games? That's less than three a game in the Mountain West. Yeah, I mean, I I see where you're coming from. I really do. But the only reason I would, you know, have a little hope for Zach Wilson is because that Jets organization is improving very quickly. Although they are the Jets and they are incompetent, 
having a good head coach coming in, having some weapons on offense for him to work with, you know, hopefully a stable running game now. The offensive line's improved a little bit. He should have enough weapons to at least be solid in his first year, but I would be more worried about the totality of his career because the Jets haven't proven that they can, you know, sustain success. They have a couple good seasons here and there, but they haven't proven that they can be a team in that division with the Dolphins, the Bills, the Patriots to be able to go eight, nine, ten years and build a team that's eventually going to contend. Hmm. My biggest concern would be with the offensive line and how – because, like, if they drafted the kid and Makai Becton was good last year, but I don't know – I don't know if he's going to – if he's running for his life, I could just see, like – I could see the speed of the game coming to him and just – I could see that kind of wrecking his kind of career path where, like, he kind of gets the yips. Like, I just – the offensive line is my concern. And, like, you bring up the weapons. They have weapons, but they're all really young outside of, like, Jamison Crowder. So he's I don't elite. know. I, like, he's good. It's just I don't know if if it's like a, I don't know if it's a great group. And, and also the defense is bad. So will he have to have this pressure of always having to come back from like twenty? And yeah. so I think I think he is like, he's a good he's like like a good situation, but like like he said I th- I don't know how long term it plays, and I don't I just I don't know about the offensive line because I think the offensive line will be. A pretty like it's big for every rookie quarterback, but I think especially for a kid whose like game is built around like kind of running around and like he had a lot of time at BYU. That's also another thing. He had a ton, like he had a really like solid offensive line there, and he had a ton, lot of time to like kind of view the field and all that. Where the game will speed up, and the offense line probably won't be as good like against its competition compared to the BYU line. So just kind of overall, just like like, just the decision making process is where I'm kind of worried for his like development, like long term and like short term. Okay. Um, do you guys want to say your number fives now? Yeah, sure. We can do that. Uh, I'll do yeah. my number five. I don't think that he will be. I think he'll be every Ohio State quarterback coming out. Oh my god! I will pick Justin Fields. Oof. Now I don't know how to feel about this man. I think he has the potential. He has all the room in the world to grow. But if you look at Chicago, it is, it is a coach that is fighting for his job. It is a GM that is fighting for his job with a like. The offensive line has been breaking down for years. Like, since Kyle Long kind of got, like, his little injury bug there, the whole offensive line has been fighting for its life. And I just – I don't know how Justin Fields finds himself in a good situation there where there's so much pressure there, too, because Chicago is such a proud city, and they love the Bears, even though the Bears have kind of stunk for a long time. But I just – it just seems like a lot for – a kid who I don't think he reads the field all that well. I think like I could see, I could just, I could see him throwing, trying to make a play one too many times and gets caught in trouble and boom, there's a three interception game or something. So I think, I think Justin Fields will, he'll struggle out the gate long-term. He might be fine, but coming out, coming out into the NFL, (sighs) I just seems like a tough one for me. I think that he – I think he's talented, but I don't know how he handles 
kind of like I said earlier, if it wasn't for that Clemson game, I don't know if everyone would be as high on him as he is. And trust me, in Chicago, he has high expectations. Like, extremely high. Like, I was arguing with some bozo on Twitter that was part of Chicago, <laughs> like Chicago's fan base, and they think he's like – they think you're silly for saying that, you know, he hasn't proven he's better than Trubisky. And the amount of yeah. disrespect Trubisky got, and I know most of it's just because of who all he was drafted above, but he was a Pro Bowl quarterback, you know? Yeah. He's won more games as a starter than Deshaun Watson. Mm. Like, he's not great, but this idea that Mitchell Trubisky is a trash quarterback is just, I'm not going to say blasphemous, but, I mean, it's kind of preposterous. It's unfair for sure. It's very unfair. And I think that Justin Fields is going to have a lot, a lot, a lot of expectations, and I don't think he'll live up to it. And so, yeah, I don't have him as the fifth worst. I'm still going to keep Zach there. And I I really don't know. I could see him being – you know, top five in the league. I can see him out of the league in three years. What's crazy to me is like it's like the Chicago fan base like claiming that he's like <laughs> some some of them are saying that he's like the best quarterback the Bears have had in like forty years. Oh, I know he hasn't touched the field. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's his just, expectations are insane. They're yeah, they're really high. Like I thought he'd be like I think he'd be fine, but it's like the, the expectations for him is just like he's gonna come out and be like an MVP gunslinger, throwing yeah. it all over the field. That's just that just seems ridiculous, ridiculously hard on a kid that hasn't hasn't played a down yet. Yeah. No, absolutely. But to touch on uh, Mitchell Trubisky for a second, it's funny you say that, Jackson, because, I mean, looking at his numbers and only nine starts last year, he had 67% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns and 2,000 yards. In his career in four seasons, he has 64 touchdown passes on 64% completion and 10,000 yards. Yeah, in what world is that bad? (laughs) It's not bad. And honestly, he hasn't had that much to work with besides Allen Robinson. I mean, Matt Mm -hmm. Nagy's a pretty good coach, but I feel like when you look at the Bears, it's been dysfunction (laughs) since Jay Cutler. But with that being said, my fifth quarterback, I have to go with Trey Lance. And Mm. the only reason I'm going with Trey Lance is because I don't think he's going to start for the vast majority of the season. I would be very shocked if he starts within the first 12 games. I mean, maybe late in the year if Jimmy G starts to struggle or gets hurt or if the 49ers aren't doing quite as well as their expectations. But I feel like Jimmy G coming off an injury, you know, he's had so much experience. He led them to a Super Bowl. And although they lost, that kind of experience, I think, is what that coaching staff is going to be going for. You know, I don't think Mike Shanahan's going to, or Kyle Shanahan rather, is going to be going into the season thinking, you know, I have this Super Bowl ready team. I have a defense that last year was littered with injuries, but now they're 100% healthy. You know, I have a defense or an offense rather with playmakers, great running backs. I'm going to want to put a rookie quarterback who only started 17 games in college into that position. I think yeah. Trey Lance has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this draft. Whoa. I really do. Whoa. I think he does. I think on his feet, I think with his arm, I think his football mind and accuracy are all – because here's the thing. Everyone says he's inaccurate, but he only threw one interception and 30 touchdowns and 17 starts in his college football career. So I think when you look at that combined with what he did on his legs, I feel like he's going to be sort of a Lamar Jackson type player with size and that can actually throw the ball and be accurate. That's what I think Trey Lance is. I mean, I think Josh is. Allen is the prototype. 
Oh, no, definitely. But yeah. I do think that Trey Lance has a little bit more speed on Josh Allen, and I do think he's going to be a little bit more of a consistent threat with his legs because I think as Josh Allen's going to continue on in his career, he's going to have to stop running the ball as much. He's going to have to just, you know, like kind of fight off that temptation a little bit because mm-hmm. the more you run, I mean, the more you get injured. Like we saw that happen with Cam Newton where 2015 – he looked amazing, but the more he started to run, you know, the more his shoulder got dinged up, the more his legs started to get dinged up. And when that happens, your whole body deteriorates. And that's what I worry about Lamar Jackson going forward is we've seen him be so dynamic on his feet, but that's never really worked for quarterbacks long term in the NFL. So unless he develops consistent accuracy, I don't know when his legs start to deteriorate and he starts to get a little bit slower going into, you know, the the not not the the I would say the middle part of his career, you know, kind of that like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth year where you're kind of transitioning toward, you know, from that rookie type feel to that like okay, I'm a seasoned veteran. So I don't really know how that's going to go for him. But back to Trey Lance, I feel like as good as he can be, I feel like he's barely going to play this year if he gets to play at all. So that's the only reason I've had him fifth is because I just don't think he's going to get much of a chance to see the field at all. Okay. Yeah, I'll add off that point because I'll probably I put him in as my like probably fourth quarterback, just kind of to the points that you made where he, I don't, he probably won't play this year likely um, due to like a probably uh, unless there's an injury, he, like he's probably not going to touch the field. They're probably going to do a Mahomes thing with him, and I mean that's fine because he I mean he only had a little bit over two hundred attempts, career attempts, right? And you know that's I mean obviously that's it's. Slightly concerning because you know that's not a lot of reps at passing the ball, and I mean, right. he had a decent chunk of carries, but you know, I mean, I think a, a year under you know the system and learning like with NFL coaches, where you know, he doesn't, I mean, obviously, a lot of these players don't do that much in college anyway, but where he can really just focus in on his craft and kind of de- develop the accuracy and the touch that he needs to be successful. Because I mean, he ran a lot of the NFL stuff in North Dakota State you know, play action and all that type of Shanahan type stuff. But, you know, going to the next level, a year a year under like a redshirt year could really do wonders for him. And I'm with you where I think I think he is the best ceiling. I loved him. I thought if Atlanta was gonna take a quarterback, he was kinda who I was kinda looking for like forward to if they did take one. So I yeah, I think Trey Lance could be pretty he could be a pretty special quarterback if he just kind of takes this year off and just kind of learns how the NFL works and gets ready for next year whenever whenever they decide to move on from Jimmy G. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not going to see him being good, but this year, no. No, not this year. Yeah, not too much. All right, so who's your fourth, Jackson? Hmm. <laughs> Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we kind of did discuss that already who's your all's fourth oh okay. i had trey lance yeah the transitioned with yeah 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 trey lance of four there yeah b okay so i have justin fields and to piggyback off lk's earlier point it's not that i don't think he has a very high ceiling and it's not that i don't think he can be great but i just feel like besides alan robinson the Bears don't really have anything where it's like, wow, you know, he's going to have a consistent target where when everything breaks down, he's going to be able to, you know, chuck the ball downfield and have faith that, okay, I have a plethora of weapons I can work with. Because when we look at the Bears, there's just a lot of meh 
There's nothing about the Bears that's exciting. There's nothing about the Bears that makes you think they're going to have an elite offense anytime soon. Their running game's very inconsistent. The things they run on offense are very inconsistent. And Justin Fields is someone who in college had very inconsistent decision-making his final season. He had very inconsistent footwork. And we saw him have peaks and valleys at Ohio State because when we look at the game against Alabama, there were a lot of times where he disappeared. I mean, he started out the game great, but down the stretch, there was an APB out for him. He was missing. Oh, that Indiana game was atrocious. Oh, and the Northwestern game was terrible. Both of those games, he struggled mightily. But then when we look at the game against Clemson, he looked like Jesus. I mean, he literally played (laughs) a perfect football game. But part of that was because, okay, when you got guys wide open in the end zone running go routes downfield, you can look perfect playing football. Those Clemson DBs were so bad in that game. There was one pass where Fields literally almost could close his eyes and just chug it to the end zone, and Jamison Williams just blew by the Clemson defender, caught caught the pass touchdown. I mean, they were great throws, but I feel like Trevor Lawrence or even Mac Jones – Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, any of the other quarterbacks we're going to be talking about yeah, could Kyle have made Trask. that throw downfield. No, not Kyle <laughs> Trask, man. Maybe if it was like a maybe it was like a five yard little like screen pass to uh, Kyle Pitts. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but that, that, that's about it. But um, we're talking about the top five, not top eight. So I don't think Trask is going to fall into that <laughs> that top five category, man. <laughs> But no, man, back to uh, Fields. I think he could have a really good career, but I look at the team more so than him. And then also factoring in his consistencies, he's a pretty solid four for me. And then third, I have actually Zach Wilson. And I do think that Zach could have a very good NFL career if the the Jets kind of get their stuff together. But I think there's going to be a lot of inconsistencies in his first season just because, A, it's the Jets. B, he's never really gone against great competition. And C, you know, like LK said earlier, that offensive line may be pretty shaky. And there's going to be a lot of learning curve. There's going to be a lot of experiences that he's going to have to get in the NFL. You know, he's going to have to throw some picks. He's going to have to, you know, get sacked hard a couple times. He's going to have to go through what every rookie goes through. And Seeing the only thing about Zach that kind of throws me off a little bit is that he's kind of a prima donna. He's kind of a pretty boy, you know. He doesn't really look like the type that has a pause. <laughs> no, no, but honestly, I mean, when you think about him, he's yeah, he he's one of those a... guys that you kind of look at and you say, "Is he really going to be NFL tough? Is he really going to be NFL ready? Is he going to really be, you know, primed for a six, 17 game NFL season where he's going against the Patriots defense, the Dolphins defense, and the Bills pass rush?" I just don't really see that being something where it's like, "Oh, Zach Wilson's going to be ready from day one to, you know, go against great defenses and great pass rushes. I just don't really see that being the case, especially when we look at the Jets' schedule and how tough it is. I think he will struggle, but I, I would still have him third on my list. Intriguing. Okay, who'd you have third? Third. Um, I, third, I'll probably put Mac Jones because I, I don't think Mac will pull like, – I'm kind of similar to Trey Lance, but I, I think he'll, he has a better chance at – Breaking through to being the starter because Cam Newton's looked horrible, but I think I think um, I don't think Mac will start like a ton of like I think he'll probably get probably maybe halfway through the season because either Cam's gonna get hurt or he's gonna be throwing like forty percent completion percentage. So I think I think Mac Jones probably there at three, and I mean 
I think he has a good chance of being a long-term success plan there with Josh McDaniels at all offensive coordinator. Um, my biggest like concern is like you, he has weapons in new England, but it's nowhere near the like probably same caliber of weapons slash competition that he had at Alabama where he had a the best offensive line, best receivers, you know, probably one of the best offensive coordinators. And, you know, he's able to kind of just do most of what he wanted. Like throwing the ball, he just kind of threw it. Like basically, threw it up. In the yeah, yeah, Devontae yeah. Smith was gonna find it. Jalen Waddle was gonna find it. So, like, <laughs> Mike, I don't know if he'll like be able to translate that aspect of his game. So, I think, you know, I think Mac Jones slides there in there at three is like a solid quarterback. I don't know if he'll get a ton of starts, but I think he can be. I think he can be pretty decent. I don't think he'll put the ball in harm's way a ton. Like I do, like Zach Wilson would. Okay, well, I'm just gonna go on and say, B, who did you say your three already? You did, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Mine's Justin Fields. Okay. So I can I can go to my two. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going Mac Jones number two. Let me tell you something, dude. Mac is coming in way ahead of where Tom Brady was, and Brady won a Super Bowl his first. They have surrounded that team with B to B plus wide receivers. That defense is back. If Cam's not perfect, Mac's going in. And Mac could easily, easily walk in and he's number two quarterback in that division. No question in my mind. Dang. No question. In two or three years. It's really not bold, dude. The options are Zach Wilson or Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I made can... it. I made it sound good, but realistically, he should be. I mean, one of the greatest <laughs> college quarterbacks of all time, one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen, and the number two overall pick in the draft, who's been compared to Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, those are pretty good options as well. Yeah, and Zach then there's Wilson two. Is one of the best college quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, dude, I think Mac is built perfect for New England. I mean, everyone, dude, before he went, like, everyone had a feeling he was a New England guy. Absolutely. I mean, he's just, you know, I think it's going to work out perfect. The word, now, those passes in the end zone that everyone was losing their mind about, that had me questioning everything. (laughs) But that aside, because those looked awful. But that aside, I think Matt can. Absolutely. Wait, wait, wait. You're talking about the clip of him and Cam throwing? <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, those were great passes. Mac was laying <laughs> them in there on a dime. Cam the 15-yard like passes. Okay, okay. Could you make that pass blindfolded? Man, I feel like I got a good shot at it. A Thank really you. good shot. Thank hey, you. you know who couldn't? Who? Kyle Trask. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Kyle Pitts uh, is in there, you know. We'll talk about up. him when we get to our number one, bro. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dude, I, I really think Mac is going to succeed in this league. Like, I think uh, – well, I think everyone knows who number one is going to be. But I think it goes number one, Mac Jones, and then there's a gap between the rest of the rookies, co- rookie quarterbacks for sure. Mm-hmm. I would agree now, with that. <laughs> you thought that was good for Mac. Wait till this next description of Matt. Go ahead, B. Who's your number two? <laughs> <sighs> All right. So you might think I would go with Mac Jones here. Oh, my God. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> don't do it. But dude. I'm not going to. Number oh. two, I got. 
<laughs> Number two, god. I got Trevor Lawrence. The show just the lost all credibility. Got, oh my god! Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So now that the cat's out of the bag that Mac's going to be my number one, I'll get to him in a second. But let me highlight Trevor oh, for a man. second here. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is the unequivocal starter on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everyone knows this. With all due respect to Gardner Minshew and his insanely nice hair and his great mustache, pause. no pause. That man is great, but Trevor Lawrence is greater. And Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent and may be one of the best quarterback prospects we have seen since Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. He is that elite from a tools perspective. He's 6'6", has a cannon of an arm, good accuracy. <laughs> He's pretty much your prototypical quarterback for someone building a Madden player. He's pretty much what you'd want. But with all that being said, I look at the He didn't play at Bama. <laughs> With all of that being said, he didn't play Alabama. That's my point. Now, no, listen, man. Trevor Lawrence did not play in a pro-style offense at Clemson. It was very college. It was very collegiate. It was very juvenile. When I looked at Clemson last year, I saw a lot of RPOs. I saw a lot of screen passes. I saw a lot of stuff at the line of scrimmage. I saw a lot of ETN getting involved. There wasn't really a whole lot of, okay, I'm going to step back, go through my progressions, make a great throw, throw my guys open. Trevor was pretty inconsistent at that last year. You know, his accuracy kind of went up and down. He overthrew a lot of receivers. Sometimes his decision-making was spotty. And honestly, I think it's because of two things. Number one, as I said, Clemson ran a very collegiate, very juvenile offense compared to something like Alabama, something like Ohio State ran, where Justin Fields and Mac Jones were in the pocket going through their reads, making those throws. Trevor really wasn't doing that most of the year. And number two, there's something to be said about Trevor Lawrence, literally from the time he was a middle schooler to now being the unequivocal best player at his position. When he was in high school, he was by far the number one, you know, prospect that anyone had seen since Andrew Luck or since Peyton Manning. He was seen as that elite. When he went to Clemson, he was seen as the golden boy, you know, the next Tom Brady, the next Peyton oh, Manning, he's been the next all-time great. 14 years old. Literally, he yeah. has been anointed the best at his position every level of football he has played. There has never been adversity. There has never been a time where we can look at Trevor Lawrence and say he has overcome something. There has never been a time when he has gone to a team he like He won a national championship as a freshman. He won the Over national championship Alabama. with Over the Alabama. best. That wasn't adversity, though. He had the best team that season. He had oh. literally the best defensive line college football had ever seen. He had an incredibly good wide receiver core. He had an incredibly good running back room. He had an awesome offensive line. And their defense, as I said, was loaded that season. If it was After so that e- season. If it was so easy, why'd they have to make him the quarterback? Well, because Kelly Bryant was like a joke. I mean, you had to. And with his with his talent, it was obvious he could step in and make the throws he needed to. But with that being said, when you look at that Clemson season, that was his peak at Clemson. The second oh year, God, they lost at Ohio State, did they not, in the playoffs? But that's not – no, that wasn't his no, they let, no, they lost, they lost at LSU, my bad. They lost at LSU in the national championship. Because he they played pretty poorly. And then the next year, they lost to Ohio State, where he played decently through he about – Pretty damn good. This is disappeared a down the stretch at different times. I mean, they only scored twenty eight points in a game where your only defense gives up forty points. 
in a game where your defense gives up 49, I mean, Ohio State gave up 52 to Alabama. You're telling me Clemson, one of the best programs in the country, can only score 28 against that Ohio State defense that gave he up 52 to Alabama? He and zero interceptions. He had a Drew Brees 400 yards where it's like, okay, <laughs> oh, let's look at the stat sheet. Oh, it's good, no. but they were trailing Again. you chucking the ball <laughs> Do down not... the field. <laughs> All right, don't disrespect Trevor. <laughs> I'm not. I think he has incredible talent. I'm just telling you. Just you I don't think Drew Brees. I said in that game he had a Drew Brees 400 yards, meaning that a lot of it was just him trying to catch up, trying to you know throw little dump passes, get 10 yards, 12 yards here, trying to lead my team down the field because Fields is smoking us on the other end. That's that 400 yards he got. It wasn't, oh, we lost by three points and I was battling the entire way and I played a perfect game 400 yards. It was more they were trying to catch up. And the last thing I'll say about Trevor is this. Looking at Jacksonville next year, I don't have faith that Urban Meyer is going to be able to implement a great NFL offense in his first year or his second year or really his career there. And it's not that Urban Meyer is not a great coach, but I don't know if he's going to be able to adjust to a completely different level after being out of coaching for a couple years. I think that's a really big responsibility and a big step for him not having any NFL you know, experience, especially dealing with such a young team with a young quarterback, really trying to make them comfortable, make him feel like, you know, I'm in a situation where I can succeed. I can run an offense well. I don't really know if that's going to be there the first year for Jacksonville. So I actually expect Trevor's stats to be pretty pedestrian, you know, not terrible, not great, just pretty solid, around 4,000 yards, maybe, you know, 19, 20 touchdowns, 11, 12 picks, something of that nature, you know, maybe a couple rushing scores. But I don't really see him being a dominant, efficient quarterback, at least in his first season. And okay. that brings us that brings me hold to up my number one. No, what, what's, no. Up? what's up? What's up? Because see, here's where I'm gonna come back at you like this, bro. Okay. So it's undebatable, like not a debate. I think we could all agree Urban is at minimum a top three college head coach of the past 20 years. Yes, that's 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 pretty fair. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would put, I hate him. I would put him at, I would put him at number two. So yeah, I yeah, agree. excluding I Dab, him, yes. like the only ones arguable is Dabo and Nick Saban, right? Just and a, Nick Saban's literally a on a skyscraper, and those two are on the top of. I'm like just a saying TJ those are the only ones that can be so. argued. Like who's best? I give him a Macy's. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so he's a great coach. We know he can coach. You know, he's been at Fox Sports this whole time. So he's, you know, he's yeah. watched the game. It's not like, you know, he went in the woods, comes back three years later. He knows what the games are doing. Someone who knows that college style can help Trevor transition to the NFL and make it easier for him. But he doesn't know <laughs> the NFL style. That's the problem. It's not that he doesn't know the college but style. He, I mean, okay, but he knows what will work. And, you know, yeah, I mean, who's to coach. say it won't work at that way? He's a coach. He's a flexible coach. He knows coach. the game. <laughs> yeah. How many urban? Let me ask you this question: How many Urban Meyer coached quarterbacks in college have even been decent in the NFL? I mean, Tim Tebow won a besides playoff Alex game. Smith. <laughs> oh, don't bring up that playoff game, man! Please, for the love of Jesus, for man. the love of God, that's so painful. Just oh my God, Tim Tebow. I'm not, not trying winning. to slander the man. <laughs> oh, he's, a, he's a great person. I hope he does well in Jacksonville. But that man literally has the throwing abilities of a 12-year-old boy with two broken arms. I mean, still seriously. And still that, that's the incredible game. part. I mean, yeah. I, there's the will of God or his I mean, <laughs> athletic will or ability or what have you. I, I don't know. I mean, it was incredible. But I just – 
Urban had a knack for making quarterbacks look good in college, but then as soon as they got to the NFL, they were bad. I don't really now think he's that Urban's make them a great look good in the NFL, bro. Yeah, but I don't really think he's a good quarterback coach. I think he's a good system coach, and I think what he did in college works. But it's not that simple in the NFL. If it was that simple, NFL coaches could have, you know, taken what Urban was doing in college and implemented it in the NFL for a Tebow or for any of the quarterbacks he had at Ohio State. But I think when we look at it from the other perspective, it's like. He's an NFL coach now. Yeah. He has to put in an NFL system, and that's completely different from a college system. So I don't really have the faith that he can go in there and say, okay, I'm going to have Trevor do exactly what he was doing in college because those kind of systems are going to be eaten for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert by NFL defensive coordinators, and that's just facts. Well, the thing I'd argue with is like the fact that, I mean, he's not bringing his entire college staff with him. Like, he hired pros. <laughs> oh, well. So, he hired a lot of different And an people, abuser. Bro. So, I mean. <laughs> I mean <laughs> and a racist. Well, <laughs> besides those folks, I mean, I think he's got some pro coaches on the staff. And so, like, I mean, I think he'll be – I feel like he'll be able to adjust better than, like, better than what we think. I mean, yeah. I don't think it'll be pretty. I don't think it'll be like. I think it'll be pretty old school t- style NFL instead of like this modern, like you know, get everyone out in space and move it. But I mean, I think that he'll be able to adjust enough to where in this first year they'll be passable. Like they'll be a, a decent offense, not great, not groundbreaking or anything. But I think he'll he'll they'll be good. They'll be just like good enough to be you know. They'll be good enough to be on the field, but they won't look like a college offense, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. All right, do you guys get done getting on my Trevor Lawrence number two pick? Yeah, dude, tell us, why. <sighs> tell us which book of the Bible Matt Jones wrote, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> which I would like to say, right. okay, who who's your second? Um, I was, I was going to say Zach Wilson because I think he'll play a ton of games. So, but we've okay. already kind of we've worn out the Zach Talks Wilson. Talks about that. Yeah. Um, I had Mac Jones. I gave my reasons. This bozo had Trevor Lawrence as his number two. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Unequivocally. Without a doubt. Me and LK have already pretty much – we've explained pretty much why we think Trevor Lawrence will be the best, right? Just about. Yeah, probably okay, the best prospect about. since Andrew Luck, you know. Yeah. So you, guys are gonna lock, you know. So, you got, so you guys are going to lock in number one and um, number one uh, Trevor Lawrence for both of you. Absolutely. I locked it in last week. Yeah, well, I think we locked it in, dude, two years ago. Yeah. Everyone knew this. But yeah. you got to be different. So tell Go us ahead. why Mac Jones is going to, you know, walk it's, on water. Well, <laughs> it's not that I'm doing it to be different because I've had enough takes on this show where, you know, I can stand out and make my opinion hurt. <laughs> I You're genuinely so believe. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely believe that next season, McCorkle Jones is going to be the best quarterback, best rookie quarterback in the NFL. And I have a few reasons why. Number one, we look at his efficiency last season. He had the highest QBR in NCAA football history. He had the highest passer rating in the history of college football. 4,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. Mm. This man rewrote the book on efficiency. He was the best quarterback in college football last year, hands down. And he proved it in every big game he played in. 
I don't care that he had Devontae Smith, and I don't care that he had Jalen Waddle for six games. As great as they were, anyone who watched Mac Jones knew that he made the best reads in college football. He threw his receivers open, and he overall had pretty much a perfect season, a Joe Burrow-esque season, if I might add, and by far the most efficient season we've ever seen on the college level. And not only that, when we look at reports from Patriots training camp, we see that Mac Jones is performing much better than Cam Newton has been. We see that Mac Jones is blowing away his teammates. He is blowing away the coaching staff. He looks good on tape. His football mind is through the charts, through the roof. It's off the charts. He looks amazing. He looks primed to start in week one. If he doesn't start in week one, he is going to be taking over by at least week three or week four. And when he does take over for the Patriots, I believe he's going to be in running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Not that I think he'll win it, but I think he will have a better season than all the other rookie quarterbacks because he is the most pro-ready he is ready to step in in New England with a coach who's used to coaching someone like Tom. Because, I mean, look, at Mac Jones is a lot like Tom Brady. He is. I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time, but they have a similar build. They have a similar style of play, and they have similar leadership qualities. So I think Bill Belichick's going to look at that situation. He's going to have um, a, an offense around Mac Jones that's very similar to what Tom Brady had. And I honestly feel like Mac Jones is going to step in next year, start – at least 13 games, maybe 14, 15 games, and be the best quarterback, hands down, of the rookies. I think he's going to be efficient. I think he's going to throw 25, 26 touchdowns, only about eight or nine picks, around 42, 4,300 yards. And I think he's going to light it up. With Damian Harris in the backfield, one of his best friends from Alabama, you know, I think some of their receivers, like Myers, are going to take the next step and be pretty reliable for him. So I do think Mac Jones is going to have a better rookie season than sunshine, ugly-ass hair, pretty boy, Trevor Lawrence. I don't care about him. Give me Mac Jones. Okay, we're done. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I about fell asleep there. I'll be on <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's facts, though, baby. It's facts. I just – it would be shocking. It would I, – I, if that does happen – I just will be so sad because I just know this show will just be filled with like at least a twenty minute thing. Hey, but it'll hey, be Mac Jones being great. He's the most pro ready. You can't argue that he is the most ready yes, going I right can. now. Yeah, <laughs> who's more pro ready? Trevor Lawrence. He's been pro ready for like two years. How is he pro ready from that little boy schoolboy offense at Clemson, where literally it's all RPOs and screen passes? Like, literally, that's Clemson's offense. I'm going to throw that's a little dump off true. to Amari Rodgers. I'm going to throw a little dump off to Travis Etienne. I'm going to throw one big da- big shot downfield on my receivers, you know, 15 yards Yeah, wide I'm going to lob it up. One of the three top ten draft picks that are rod receivers will catch it. Well, no you're acting, like, you're acting like Jalen Waddell didn't get hurt against Tennessee, and Max numbers actually improved after that. You're acting okay. like Devontae Smith wasn't the only wide receiver there that was really worth note besides John Mechie. Because, I mean, we looked at Slade, Slade Bolden. He was inconsistent. You know, other than Slade Bolden, you know, Billingsley did his thing. But besides Devontae, I mean, Mac really elevated all the other receivers around him from that Tennessee game till the national championship. And even when Jalen Waddell did play in the national championship, he wasn't healthy. And one more thing I want to point out in that national championship game about Mac Jones Devontae Smith did not play in the second half. And what happened? They were up by 30 already. <laughs> Mac Jones 
continue to drive Alabama straight down the field and score touchdowns in that second half with no Devontae Smith. Period. Oh, yeah, I forgot he had Najee Harris, too. But what about the receivers? I mean, John Mechie's nice, but what about what, what else did he have? Jaleel Billingsley, a freshman oh, tight end. I don't know did what five star players a he had. White wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, look at look, man. Mac Jones was the best quarterback in the history of Alabama football last year. He was better than Tua. He was better than AJ McCarron. He was better than anyone that you could pull from history. I'm sorry to Joe Namath. Your fur coats are cool. It's cool that you won a Super Bowl back in, you know, time back when like segregation was a thing. Like that, that that's <laughs> awesome. But Mac Jones is Alabama's quarterback goat. He just is. I'm sorry. And that that's all there is to it. I will argue this till the cows come home. <laughs> Kiki. All right, so <sighs> what are we going to get into next, guys? Our uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year predictions? Sounds good. Yeah. All right, Lucas. So go we'll offensive start... first? Yeah, we're going to start with you, Lucas. Who's your um... offensive rookie of the year? Hmm. <laughs> I I'll go ahead and say my offensive rookie of the year is it's gonna be Trevor Lawrence because he's gonna pl- he should yes, if healthy play all seventeen games and he's gonna put up the pretty good numbers you know I'm assuming he might throw he might throw games. decent picks I mean the winning games thing if we haven't it is not it does not matter at all for offensive rookie no. of the year it is all about them stats so I would yeah. pretty much guarantee that Trevor Lawrence will put up enough stats to. You know, easily. I, I won't know. I don't know if he'll easily win because I mean, there might be a couple of dark horses. You got Devonte up in there in Philly. Kyle Pitts got Matt Ryan throwing to him, so they could put up good numbers. <laughs> mm. But if Justin Jefferson didn't win it last year as a wide receiver, it's it's gonna be pretty ridiculous for anyone to try. And okay, win but nah, that's a little that's a little disrespectful to the season oh. Herbert had. Oh no, no, no! I love Justin. I think he did deserve Rookie of the Year. But if there was a year to give it to a skill player. It would have been Justin Jefferson last year. Now I don't think he should have won it. Yeah, but like I mean, because I don't think any right receiver think, this I year is going to put up that type of season. No, and no quarterback's going to put up that kind of season that Justin did last year. Yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be hard to find. I think those two were special cases. So but I agree easy. with you. I think Trevor. I should talk about it here because we are talking about it. But I think Trevor's easily the rookie of the year. All right, if we're done with this Trevor Lawrence love fest over a quarterback <laughs> who's literally all hype and no substance when it matters most besides one game against Alabama as a true freshman when Alabama really didn't have much tape or much preparation <laughs> going on, I'm going to go with a running back, Jeez. Najee <laughs> Harris, for the Pittsburgh Steelers is going Oof. to eclipse – 300 touches next year, and he is going to eclipse 2,000 yards of total Shut offense up. next year. Book it. Book it. His legs are going to give out, Book man. it. There's no way. Listen to this. He's going to oh, have gosh. 1,300 yards rushing and 700 yards receiving next season. He is going to eclipse, eclipse 300 touches, and he is going to be a top 10 running back in the NFL. He is going to carry the Steelers next season. Ben is going to rely on him. That offensive line is going to block for him effectively. And Najee Harris is going to be hurdling dudes. He's going to be juking dudes. He's going to be doing everything you saw at Alabama, only better, because he's the first one in and the last one out at all the Steelers' practices. All of his teammates are raving about him. He stays three hours late 
every day with the running backs coach. And the running back coach one day had to say, hey, Najee, I got to go home now. I got to get to my wife and kids because you're overworking me. He is working hard. He is coming to it fast. Well, I hope that coach brought him a cookie the next day. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, man, Najee Najee Harris is the real deal. He is going to light the NFL on fire. He is going to have a huge workload, and he is going to produce. Trevor Lawrence, he's going to struggle a little bit. Mac's not going to play enough games. You know, if he plays 13 or 14, I don't think he's going to have the stats of, say, if Najee gets 2,000 yards, you're not going to really be able to eclipse that. I think Devontae Smith and um, Jamar Chase are both going to have great years, but nothing near um, Najee. So when I look at the entire field of rookies, I think Najee is the is a, a really good bet for offensive rookie of the year. I think he's going to break the mold of quarterbacks taking home that award every year because last year we almost saw a wide receiver win it. I mean, Justin Jefferson came really close. So if a position if a position player is coming that close to winning offensive rookie of the year, it's eventually going to happen. And I think it's going to happen with a dual threat guy like Najee Harris who can come out of the backfield, get six, seven hundred yards receiving easily over a thousand yards mm-hmm. rushing. And I think he's not only going to be one of the best players in fantasy next year, but he's going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL book it. Najee Harris rookie of the year. Mm, I just don't see him getting that many receiving touches. Like 2000 yards, 2000 yeah. yards, 700 yards. catching. Bro. Uh, how much does Ben even throw to the running back? I, I don't, I don't watch this. I mean, like that. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing people really don't realize. Over the last three or four years, the Steelers have used a lot of different running backs. You know, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, when he was there, he got a lot of receiving work and a lot of rushing work. But when Le'Veon left, James Conner got a lot of receiving work. I mean, we've had a lot of, like, Samuel's got a lot of receiving work. You know, we've had running backs kind of come in rotationally and get receiving work, but no one's really been a stud star running back who's been able to catch, you know, six, seven balls a game out of the backfield like Christian McCaffrey and sort of carry that load. So I think Najee coming in, he can sort of be that Le'Veon Bell 2.0 where, hey, I can get six or 700 yards receiving this year along with 13, 1,400 rushing yards. You know, I can have a high yards per carry. And, and guards um, with the catch can be pretty good. So when I look at Najee, I think he can kind of pick up where Le'Veon Bell left off and be efficient in both the rushing and the receiving games. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I think Najee will be good. He'll probably be the best Great. rookie running back. Great. I wouldn't even – I wouldn't even – hang on, let me think. No, no that's, a, that's stupid. What's stupid? I was about to say that I would say he's the best running back in that division, but I forgot Nick Chubb existed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's, um, I, I, I would put him don't, second over Don't, Mixon, oh. don't. I would oh, put him I'll, second I'll put over, him Mixon. over Mixon. I'd put him over yeah. Mixon. Yeah, I mean, fair. Mixon's good, but I definitely think Najee, looking at his skill set, I think that he's definitely second behind. I mean, Kareem Hunt's really good, but I'd probably oh, rank yeah, him. Yeah. I'd probably go Chubb, Najee, Mixon, Hunt, and then probably Dobbins. I mean, those Baltimore running backs are really hard to rank. Yeah, There's such like a small through. sample size. And, I mean, any running back with Lamar, I feel like it's going to have a good yards per carry and look pretty decent. So, uh, I'd go Chubb. Uh, honestly, I'd probably put Hunt second. Yeah. Lamar third. Najee fourth. <laughs> <laughs> But no, dude, just two thousand yards seems like crazy to me. Yeah, for a rookie, that's just yeah, no, that, that's especially he's such a physical runner. Like he's big, like he looks for contact, and I, I'm not gonna say that like 
he's going to get hurt or anything, but like that's kind of playing with fire. Well, hey, he stayed healthy over his Alabama career, only fumbled the ball one time. I would feel pretty confident him next year getting a bulk of the workload. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to have to rely on him. They won't bend. They won't bend (laughs) surviving. They're going to have to rely on him. Is that Kareem Hunt or uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire that didn't fumble once in college and fumbled like the first snap in his first game? Kareem Hunt. Was that Kareem Hunt? I knew it was one of those two. He did that the first game in 2019. He was a rookie, and he had a great game against the Patriots. I'll never forget <laughs> it. It fancy. was that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he went crazy. All right, so defensive rookie of the year now, boys? Yes, sir. Sounds good. Who y'all got? I'm going to roll with my – now, it's kind of hard to say because normally it's like a pass rusher, but I think – think a quarterback is going to take it this year and I'm going to go with JC Horn from Carolina and I think that he plays with this certain he plays with this confidence that like I mean most quarterbacks are confident coming out like they have to be to play the position because if they're getting beat then you know they're going to get picked on but if to keep coming back get like you know snap after snap and I think that's a trait that JC Horn has I think he has a certain confidence that will drive him to be like really kind of ahead of the curve for a rookie cornerback. And I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be kind of a ball hawk. I think he's gonna gamble a lot, which might get him hurt. But I think he'll he'll rack up a little number of interceptions there, and I think he'll be a pretty, pretty safe bet for like being a pretty like stud cornerback in the next for the next couple of years. Yeah, I like. I like JC a lot. I think that he's going to be elite. I wanted him in Arizona, and I have nothing bad to say again about him. Be yeah. who you got. All right. So for my 2021 Defensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go with Pat Sertan. Now, I was <laughs> going to go with Micah Parsons because I feel like he's so dynamic, and in that Cowboys defense, he would really stand out because their linebacker core is so depleted and their defense in general is terrible. But I think that Sertan was the most NFL-ready defender in the entirety of college football last year. And I also think that his game perfectly translates to the NFL. He's very physical. He's pretty much perfect in coverage. I mean, Sertan is a technician with his footwork. He is unbelievable. He is very well-disciplined. You know, he's a saving corner. He's a saving DB. They, I mean, look at Marlon Humphrey, look at Minka Fitzpatrick, look at Alabama's DBs. They're all very disciplined. They're all very, you know, fundamental. Their footwork's great. And I think when we look at the track record that Alabama DBs have had in the NFL, we can say, even with my Alabama bias being a factor, I think I can say that Sertan is probably the best bet because we didn't really see a generational defensive talent go in the top five, like a Chase Young or a Bosa brother. You know, we didn't really see that at the top of the um, first round this year. So, I think with that being said, Sertan is probably the best bet to win Defensive Rookie of the Year just because of his consistency, because of his footwork, and because being a save in DB, he's going to come in with the most preparation and the best headset, the best mindset. Yeah. yeah. I, Patrick Sertan, another person I really wanted. But I, I was shocked JC went above Patrick in the draft. Yeah. But I think both of those guys are corner, not to be, you know, no pun intended, but cornerstones for their franchise. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I, I Patrick was like, I, whenever I was watching Patrick, I liked him a lot because he felt like he really liked the run. Like, 
he was good at run, like in the run game, like defending that. Because you know most yeah. guys to like try and arm tackle, yeah, like because they're just not trying to get in there. But like, no, he's so skilled. Yeah, like, just like, as he, a football player, he general. was very all, all around. He had like like just really good like. He had a good head for the ball. Like he knew where, it was, like he was like trying to go for it every time, whether it's in the run game or pass game. Yeah, dude. Is that leaving me up next? I think. Yes, yep. sir. All right, so I'm gonna pick a guy. I'm not going with cornerback. I thought about it, but I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna pick a guy from LBU, dude. All right, I'm gonna Alabama? give you some names real quick. No, sir. <laughs> Oh gosh, you're not gonna. What's the name? Kelvin Joseph, not Kelvin. Jo- Danny Trevathan, bro. Oh Jesus Christ, son you of got Mary, Josh son Allen, of Joseph. Bro. You got Bud Dupree, bro. Now let's add one more name to that list. <laughs> Jamin Davis, probably the most just raw dog player Pop. selected Pop. in this draft. What? <laughs> Dude, Kentucky had a good football season this year. <laughs> okay, like yeah. mediocre football season. Like, yeah. who really cares? Like, he missed one game. One game. Dude, do you want a cookie for winning like eight games? Like, wow, <laughs> man. Are you gonna like, let that's... me speak? <laughs> if he you missed say one if... game, guess which game? Alabama. Exactly. Roll Tide, baby. There's no telling what difference that game would have made if he played in it. Oh, yeah. Instead of being 63 to 3, it would have been 56. (laughs) No, but on a serious note, I love his position in Washington. I think that's like a spot where he comes in and he doesn't have to have a lot of pressure on him. And there's so many other, like, I don't know, it's weird to say the word options for a defensive player, but there's so many other people that the offense is going to have to account for to begin. Yeah. So I think, I mean, he's going to have really, he should have really good numbers this year. Being at that linebacker position, he should be able to, you know, penetrate through the offensive line pretty easily with all, I mean, LK, you were best defensive line in football right now pretty easily, right? Yeah, they've built it up like throughout these years. They've built it's they're like the blueprint for how to build a defensive line through the draft. Yes, like, and they the just secondary kept going is it. not that bad either. Nope. And he's right there in the middle. I just think it's a situation where he's gonna play and you know, you're not gonna you may not hear the name Jamin Davis throughout the game a lot, but when you look at the uh the box score at the end of the game, he's gonna have eleven, twelve tackles every single game. Something like that. He he plays with a lot of speed. I, I liked him coming out. I didn't. I like. I didn't hear about him a ton. Like, dude, he jumped the like the pat the last two months. He jumped up the draft board. He yeah no. He like got a lot of love as the process kept going on and like mm-hmm. he he is like probably I he might be like the best pure linebacker because like Micah Parsons is kind of like a Swiss Army knife, but mm-hmm. like Davis could could have been easily like the best like you know. You know, in the middle linebacker there. I, I, I will mean, say. He adds on well to that front. I will say when it comes to Kentucky, it's very impressive that being kind of like a mid-tier football program that they're <laughs> able to produce. No, I'm, I'm complimenting you guys. <laughs> being a mid-tier SEC program, it's very impressive that you guys have been able to put out so many good NFL linebackers. I mean, it's a, it's a trend. And you guys develop linebackers really well. So I do think 
that he can develop into a good NFL linebacker long term. However, when I pick a rookie of the year, I think of someone who's going to step in and take on a big role and make an immediate impact. I don't know if your guy is going to. I just, I just, I don't know if I can see that because I think that the Washington has so much depth on defense and they have so many guys that are going to star on that defense. I don't think too many people are going to be, you know, unless, unless there's injuries or unless, you know, some guys don't play up to their standard. I don't really see a whole lot of room for him to really come through and shine on that. Yeah, man, that's kind of like, like I said, like he, you know, you may not hear his name a lot throughout the game, you know, from the announcers, but I mean, he's going to make an impact numbers up and I'm, i just go ahead i'm curious to see like i think your case for it it could be like if washington turns out to be like if they live up to this hype of the defense so like if they're like let's say like the best defense in the league like in all these different stats and like davis is in the middle there with like a hundred tackles or something i yeah. think he he would maybe have like serious consideration i mean if they're like the 10th best defense or something it probably wouldn't be as easy for him to get it but like if they yeah no if their defense is dominant like winning games and he's at least like a solid contributor i think he definitely has a case for it absolutely one more thing i want to add to that go ahead now what were you gonna say he's dogging me for bro now i got okay about the jump ship No, the one thing I want to add on to that, Jackson, is you said Kentucky had a good uh, season last year, correct? <laughs> I don't know if I said good. But... Well, well, you you keep saying, you know, almost every episode about how Kentucky's going to be a good football team next season. So is oh, your standard year? for yeah. good just like what, like eight wins, like you're something solid, making a bowl game? Because if that's the case, yeah, I agree. Kentucky will be air quotes good. But I don't think when you talk about Kentucky in terms of contending in the SEC East that that's sane. I don't think that that's something. I this think is they way off topic. For the East but... this year. I, don't, I don't give a shit. Dude, they're, they're contending for the East this year. Contending? Like yes. up there with Georgia? Let me, let me just say that. And okay, the dogs? Tell, okay, tell me if I'm wrong. Kentucky-Georgia games are always way closer. Way closer. They are. Or it's always like a one score game throughout the entire it, game. It is. It's kind of hard to judge because Kentucky does like, I mean, Kentucky does that run in the ball thing. So they like held on to it so much. Oh, think, yeah. Dude. It's Wasn't one of the games like, last year, like 14, nothing. It was a slow burner. Like I remember Zamir like, White ran in like a 30 yard touchdown. But I yeah. Mean, and I like, think the year before that, it was, was like a rain out. It was a really rainy game. Yeah. It's like, and it's really like been like a, seven. it's been a lot of run. It's been a lot of like run game. And I mean, I think, I think George was still running Stetson Bennett at quarterback. So that's, uh, so we I have a new offensive coordinator this year. We have, Three quarterbacks to choose from. I'm hoping we go with the guy from Penn State. I think he looks legit. And I mean, if we can steal that game, I think we can. We've not completely gotten over the Florida hump yet, but we could. So we could beat Florida. That LSU game is going to be tough. I'm just saying, we definitely, you know, going into week nine, week 10, you know, we definitely should have a shot at winning these. I think it all starts and ends with Georgia, obviously. I mean, I, that's obviously the team to beat there in the East. And if you guys do happen to beat Georgia, then you probably have a very interesting case. Like, 
I just find that just so hard to like envision. I wouldn't say it's impossible though, because the Kirby Smart Georgia teams they have a tendency to like play down to a team for a week and then they just lose on a field goal, like against South Carolina when Rodrigo missed a kick. When you all come to Lexington, you better play up to a team, bro. (laughs) (laughs) The way man, the way I see the SEC this year, though, in my opinion, is literally two teams. And a whole lot of teams that have, you know, potential could be good, but it's really a two-team race between Alabama and Georgia, in my opinion. I think Florida's going to have a down year for their new, you know, Dan Mullen standards. I think that Kentucky will be solid, but I think there's about three, four games that they're going to lose. I think Ole Miss might win eight, nine games, but they're not going to beat Alabama. They're not going to beat Texas A&M. You know, I think the Aggies, their biggest problem is losing Kellen Mond, losing three offensive line starters. I think their defense is going to be really good, but it's going to be hard for them to contend on offense with teams like Alabama and Georgia who have, you know, great offensive weapons and really good quarterbacks. And I just think when I look at Alabama and Georgia, they have the deepest teams in the SEC. They have the best coaching. They have the best systems. They have great quarterbacks. They have great defenses. They have great wide receivers. Their running backs are great. And there's really no huge weakness, no glaring weakness on either Alabama or Georgia. So I think that it's going to be a collision course between those two teams in the SEC championship. And I cannot see Florida contending with Georgia this year. I cannot see LSU or Texas A&M contending with Alabama. And obviously, if Florida's not going to contend with Georgia, I can't realistically say that Kentucky has much of a chance at all of contending Just with wait. Georgia. Just wait, dude. <laughs> You're confident in this, man. I'm really thinking it's going to be a great year, too. I mean, seriously, I think 10 wins, like, end of regular season, 10 wins. Which, I mean, I know, you know, whatever. We're Alabama. 10 wins is a failure. But, dude, that'd be huge for Kentucky. That'd be a big one. Oh, yeah, dude. Especially when we play Georgia. We play Georgia at home this year, don't we? I think so. Um, Actually, fun fact, Georgia is – Kentucky comes to Georgia – on my birthday, that Saturday, October 16th. Uh, okay, so, so it's Florida and LSU that's at home. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because I got season tickets this year, bro. I'm hype. Oh, wow, man, that's awesome. I know. Guess, yeah, a lot of good loss, a lot of close losses, a lot of moral <laughs> victories. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Only lost to Florida match. by a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least by the fourth oh, quarter, man. you'll be so drunk, you won't really know what's going on anyway. You'll just be happy to be there. You know? They don't serve alcohol. <laughs> you really think that I? You, you really think that Jackson Kelly's not going to take some in? I mean, really? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an astounding citizen. <laughs> this is Jackson Kelly we're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. I've never touched alcohol. <laughs> you never touched it, but you drank a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, <dude>. yeah. <laughs> Hell, that shit. <laughs> man this is a good episode though man i mean we uh we were supposed to have a guest and uh he had to uh postpone till next week so we had to come up with something you know pretty short notice but i really enjoyed yeah, you know scramble. going through the rookies <laughs> literally yeah. a scramble yeah, yeah dude but what i'm really glad moment. <laughs> <laughs> now we didn't throw an interception so it wasn't a, it wasn't a true collar moment God, what a joke stupid reference dude <laughs> <laughs> it's such a cheap shot. It don't even make sense. <laughs> More like a tuba. Yeah. 
I mean, did Kyler Murray win a national championship? I forgot what oh happened. Oh my that. gosh! What happened in that Orange Bowl where Kyler and Tua, you know, went against each other? Tua outplayed him and won the game. God, has Tua accomplished anything in the NFL, dude? Seriously? I mean, no, he's throwing, he he's throwing, he's throwing ten touchdown passes. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! Yeah. He beat the Cardinals. Yes, he balled against the Cardinals. He balled against the Chiefs. He and see, here's what's crazy. Shut up. He Kyler outplayed him so bad that game, dude. It wasn't even fair. Dude, he fell down twenty-eight to nothing. He had a Drew Brees fake comeback because Alabama. That is not literally... what happened in that. I'm talking about the Miami, dude. I'm not talking oh. about your weird, your weird amateur athletic obsession, dude. I'm a grown man. I like watching other grown men play. Real football. <laughs> Anyways. Hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. So you're saying that you being that delusional about Kentucky isn't a weird obsession? You're saying that, oh, Kentucky's going to be winning the East and playing Alabama in the (laughs) SEC championship game, and I'm the one who fantasizes about college sports? Mine are astute observations. (laughs) (laughs) You seriously came in here and said Najee Harris is going to have 2,000 yards and Mac Jones is better than Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> now I never said he's better. I say he's gonna have a better season. That that's the discrepancy right oh, there. Oh, mm, okay. Oh, now my opinion now. of you changes. <laughs> but you act like two thousand. You act like two thousand total yards in a seventeen game season is wild when it's really not. If he takes on a Le'Veon Bell type role, that's very achievable. See a Le'Veon Bell role <sighs> for a rookie. It just seems like a lot. Yeah. We've seen rookie running backs recently have amazing season. Look at Saquon Barkley. Look at Ezekiel Elliott. When they Kareem came to the NFL, they popped. Kareem Hunt, literally. Rookie running do? backs it's are off. It just seems just hard. It's just hard for me. It's hard for me to sell myself on any rookie doing that. Like It's normally just like a shot in the dark. It's like, oh, this rookie running back's going to be really good. And that's- even even <laughs> oh, one of the best yeah. running backs in college football history, Najee Harris, a two-time national champion, one of the – I mean – should have been a Heisman Finals last year, finished fifth. I mean, the dude was absolutely Dude, insane. he's not even the best Harris running back from Alabama, too. <laughs> he's better than Damian. Nah, bro, Damian's from Berea. <laughs> Damian Harris is great, but he's not Najee Harris. And I think Damian Harris might be a, you know, stud next year. I think he'll be a top 15 running back, but he's not Najee <laughs> Harris. It'd be hilarious if Damian Harris just, like, blows, like, Najee oh, out of the water. Does, <laughs> he's oh, still, Hey, he's still an Alabama guy, so I win. So, I don't really understand where you're coming from <laughs> with that. All world. I'm saying, though, is Damian has the best quarterback in the NFL with him now. So, who knows what will happen. <laughs> oh, Mac Jones? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, now, now we're on the same page. Mac over Trevor. <laughs> yeah, clearly you can't read between the lines, bro. <laughs> this is a joke. <laughs> but you, but you had Max second, did you not? I, so you believe in him? I mean, yeah, I said I believed in him. Exactly. But I didn't say he was better than Trevor Lawrence. Well, you don't think with a better system, a better coach, and a better situation, he might not have a better season than your beloved Trevor Lawrence, your little touchdown Jesus? Oh yeah, dude. I'm looking at the moral I have of him, or the mural I have of him on my wall right now. <laughs> no, your little dude. shrine in your closet. <laughs> yeah, you got like a little wig on a mannequin. Yeah, dude. I'm waiting for the show to end so I can light the candles. No, dude. <laughs> Yeah, he's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to have a better year than Trevor. We don't know if he's going to start the whole entire season. He's, 
He's not Trevor Lawrence. That's exactly right. He's Mac Jones. <laughs> McCorkle Jones. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, dude. Maga Jones. Let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mac Jones, though, I'm telling What's you. What's Mac man. doing for Halloween this year, bro? <laughs> <laughs> We're not bringing up a Halloween costume he had when he was 12 years old, okay? We all did a lot of. <laughs> oh, what were you for Halloween then, bro? Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was Batman and uh, Mac Jones Blackman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jeez, bro. Jeez, bro. All right, you think we should get out of there on that one? Yeah. <laughs> Break the glass is over. It's over. <laughs> Oh my gosh. 